This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. We're going to have a good time this morning. Has anybody come so that they can hear a word from God? Because that's all I've got. That's all I've got, and I'm pretty proud of it because that's all you really need. There's no one like Jesus. There is, I, I so truly adore my husband, but I love Jesus more. Um, I've been radically saved, and I can say that from a depth that I'm not willing to share about because my children are in the room. But um, I've done some living, and uh, I'm very thankful for the now life and the connection that I have with Jesus Christ. And we've given our lives for this, us four. Us four and no more. In our wedding bands, we had uh, engraved two lives, one cause, and now it's become four lives for this cause. And we changed this up in our 40s. We thought, there's got to be people like us who want to walk out their faith and have an experience with God and stumble and stagger through the week and come on Sunday and hopefully get some encouragement. And that brought us here, and we're so honored. And I just love this church. I love this church. Um, not only is it godly, but and the, and the church is not the place. The church is you. Um, so this week I prayed for you, and I'm expecting that God is going to speak something into your heart today that's going to be a takeaway that's going to change you. We're going to help somebody today. We are going to help someone. So just a little logistic as well, you guys. You know next week we're back at the theater, at the Scotiabank Theater. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Oh my goodness, Sherry, so good to see you. You see, like Sherry, I didn't see for three weeks. This is what's going to happen up here. I'm going to get distracted, and then I'm going to try to get back to my notes. But Sherry, so lovely to see you, buddy. I've missed you. So next week, you guys, we are back at the Scotiabank Theater to the movie theater. Who saw The Avengers? Yes. Like, I could care less. I mean, I'm just saying, can I be real up here? I just really could care less about the Avengers. However, I know that my kids went and saw it, and they were kind of, they, mixed reviews. And But dear Lord, do not spoil anything for people. Do you know how mad they get? It's serious. So next week, come to the theater. And if you want, go see Avengers. But don't skip church to see it, go on the tail end, go after it's over. So we've got two services next week, 9.30 and 11, and um, that'll be a good time. And we're also there for Mother's Day. You guys, Mother's Day is three Sundays away. I had to get off my chair to say that, because I am mad passionate about mothers. I am team mom all the way, every day. I think you're rock stars. So we're gonna celebrate and knock it out of the park and have a really good time at the movie theater for Mother's Day as well. Agree? We're going to talk about Jesus here soon. Okay, so I've got a little spoiler alert, but it's not about the movie. i got a spoiler alert for you today. Because I know that I've been praying for you and that God's got a word for you. I know today that I'm going to unpack a little bit of scripture. And I believe that we have, there's God and there's timing and there's the God of timing. And today I believe that you're exactly where you should be to hear exactly what he needs you to hear. That we're going to believe that your hearts today are going to be soft and you're going to be ready to hear from God. That's a spoiler alert. That's already just good news. That he's for you. Amen? So we have our scripture today and it's in Second Peter. 
chapter 1, verse 5. I'm going to put it up. Um, I have a very dear friend who's sitting in the front, and she's second from the front row, and her name is Doretta, and she's lovely. When she sends me scriptures or encouraging things, she always sends it in this new passion translation. Anybody? I mean, I will take it however I can get it, but I will not read it in the New King James Version. I am sorry if I've offended you, but that is just the truth. I need all the help I can get. So Mr. Retta sends me some wonderful encouragement, and it's, all, it's in this new translation, the Passion Translation. I mean, these words are just magical when that comes across in a text. It is written so beautiful and lovely, and that's what I'm going to read from today. And so it is, again, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. Peter is really specific when he writes this as well, okay? He, um, he's really good at the verbiage because it's simple, it's familiar, and it's really normal. There's no big song and dance. He's just going to unpack and tell us some details of what we need to add to our faith. Because we all were and maybe you don't, maybe you're here today and you actually don't even have a faith, or maybe you just have a little faith, or maybe you have a lot of faith. But Peter so quickly just goes, hey, here's what you get to add on. Any Amazon shoppers? Like, you know that when you can go on Amazon and you can click the add-on, it'll send you the little things that they don't want to send in bulk, but they'll add it onto your order? Yeah, that's what we're doing with Peter here today. We're going to get some add-ons. Okay, let's read God's Word. It says, devote yourselves lavishly. Let me try it again. Devote yourself lavishly, supplementing your faith with goodness. And to goodness, you're going to add, I mean, circle it, underline it, jump on it, do whatever you need to do to get that into. You're going to add it. I might even get up and say add every single time. We're going to add that to your faith, goodness. And to goodness, add understanding. And to understanding, add the strength of self-control. My gosh, that gives me, like I feel that when I say that strength of self-control. Is there anybody else in the room that needs some self-control? My goodness. Self-control. And self-control, add patient endurance. And to patient endurance, add godliness. And to godliness, Add mercy towards your brothers and sisters. Peter wanted to spell that out. He's like, yeah, no, you need to do that. You need to do that to each other. And to mercy toward others, add unending love. Verse 8 says this, since these virtues are already planted deep within and you possess them in an abundant supply, they will keep you from being inactive and fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. I'm all in. I mean, I mean, I, I want to know him as, as close as I can get to know him. I want every single word that he has for me. I don't want to settle for anything less. I want these add-ons. And I know that God, it says in here, we want to have that intimacy with him, but he wants it with you. And one of the versions, I love how it says that Peter is like, it's supplementing, it's adding to your faith, it's giving you the extra that you need. But in another version that I have, it says, make every effort. 
I think we're doing that already. I think we're here. I think we're ready. I think we're, we're going to seek out and ask a willing God for these things. So I just want to draw attention to Peter before, he actually, before my main text there. Maybe you're even thinking to yourself, well, what's the, what's the use of getting the knowledge of what it is that Peter's spelling out to add to your faith? Here's what it is, and he gives it to us even before the text. He says this, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a pretty good gig. He says, supplement, make every effort, and here, you're going to get some grace and you're going to get some peace abundantly with that knowledge. That's what this is going to help us with today. Anybody need some peace? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to pray. Let's pray today. I'll ask you to just bow your heads real quick, and we're going to ask Jesus to do what he needs to do because he knows you more than anybody else. God, I'm so thankful for your presence today. Jesus, I'm thankful that you don't leave us, God, that, and that you have a really, really good plan. And whether it's someone's first time or they come religiously, God, you still have an intentional purpose for them today for what they need to hear and what they need to experience. So God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for this team, God, who builds this experience for your, for your benefit, God. We give you all the glory today. Help me. Help me to paint the picture of how good, how good and great you are today to these people and help them to pay attention and not think about anything else. Amen. Amen. This week, I, Mike was struggling and not feeling great, so I had to take the kids to the dentist. I don't like the dentist. I really do not like the dentist. And I'm sorry if you're hearing you're a hygienist or an actual um, dentist, but I, I literally got scarred when I was younger. I had asked, I had a really bad toothache, and I asked um, when they took me to the dentist and said, would you let my dad come in? And the dentist was filling the needle so that he could freeze my face and said, no. Well, I hightailed it out of that place. I took off like nobody's business. I was so scared. And so when you're little and you have all this pain and then you see a needle and then they won't let your dad come, that's, that's scarring. So in any case, I, I've been holding on to that unhealthy hurt for a long time. But I, I had to take the kids this week. So Dr. Miller, who is just so lovely and wonderful, I love her, thankfully, that she's the only reason I go back to the dentist. And so I go in with the kids, and here, this is not creepy at all, but when you go in there, everybody wears their mask. They talk to you like this. This is how they communicate. I know, like, how fun is this? Hang on. I don't want to mess up my lipstick. Okay. Hi, Nancy. How are you? I'm doing great. How are the kids? Doing fantastic. What are you guys up to? Oh, my husband's this and talking about our cruise. And so Dr. Miller is having this great big old conversation with me. And then the hygienist comes in and she's having the exact same. Hi, Nancy. Good to see you. Gosh, I'm glad you showed up today. Where's Mike? Because they know that I won't show up. And we're having this big old conversation. And then we get talking while the kids are getting their work done, and, and Amanda, Dr. Miller, says, 
You know, Nancy, what we do here is actually when we need to get work done on our mouth, we do it during work hours. I said, come on, you're kidding me. Like, do you get frozen and then you've got like droopy eyes? Because at 44, everything droops. It just is how it works. And then you freeze it and then it, ha and then it gets even worse. She goes, oh yeah, no, we, we do all the work on each other that we need to do. And then we just go right back to business and put our masks right on. Well, I will tell you that something went off in my mind of how it is so much like that church community. Hey, today, I feel like that. I feel like we need to get some work done. And I feel like maybe we might be a little bit scared, or maybe there's, it's too much, or maybe you're not used to, what do you mean you can have an experience with God? Maybe something that's happening in you, and you're going, uh, no way, sister. I'm going to just stay behind this mask, and I'm not going to get any of that work done. But today, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to ask that you take down that mask for just a few minutes while we go through these virtues, go through these helpfulness that we're going to add on to our faith, and I'll encourage you to let God work on you for just a minute. And here was something that was interesting. She actually said, not only will most of us put our mask back on, she said, there's one lady who doesn't. And she's on the front desk. And she said, her everything sags. She said it. It's, and it, again, it just spoke to my heart about what a confidence you should have in Christ in order to be able to get that work done, get yourself nice and healthy, and get going back out to business, right? So let's just dig in here. I'm going to go into the first point, and it is the virtue of goodness. Our first point is goodness. And that's the part of something that is good for us. That is all it is. Like if you think about orange juice, what is the good part of orange juice? Oh, I don't like the pulp. <laughs> Corey, I don't like the pulp. Um, okay, let's try it again though. I heard it. I heard the vitamin C, right? That's the good part of the orange juice. And that's basically what this is. It says the amazing things um, in Romans 2, 4. It says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? The goodness of God is something that we celebrated just last weekend I mean, th what God has done for us is amazing, but scripture actually tells us that he is good. He just doesn't do good, you guys. He is good. And if we can take that attribute and apply it to our life, and that is the light that draws people to Jesus, it is the goodness of God, the Bible tells us, that leads people to saying they're sorry. There's so many times when I'm parenting and I remind myself that the Bible says a kind word turns away wrath, a kind, gentle word. And I just love how in Romans it's actually asked back to us, like, does that not mean nothing to you that your actual father in heaven feels this way toward you? It means a lot to me. The goodness of God is what leads people to coming back and repenting and feeling sorry. And so although we celebrate all the goodness that he does, we want to say that God is good. And we want that attribute. I want to be good. 
We don't live as a measuring stick. There's not some, some bar that cracks us every time that we don't line up. But there is definitely freedom. Like Peter said, there's grace and peace when we show goodness, when we show goodness to each other. Number two, the second virtue is understanding. Understanding. And this makes me think about being a good listener. Isn't listening really hard? I live with three people, so it's my husband and a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old, and there's a lot to understand. Can you just go there with me for just a quick little second? That they feel things that I don't get. Right? I mean, like, maybe some of you are empty nesters and you're really at a nice season where you don't have to understand everybody. That you just get the glory of going, it's just me, myself, and I, and my husband is out, or whatever that is. But, you know, when I try to think about understanding, it's more about the listening than it is the saying. I heard someone say before, when you go into a conversation, try to aim for understanding, and don't try to aim to be heard. What do you mean? But I'm the mom. I'm the boss. They need to hear what I have to say. But I'm telling you, God treats us that way with our understanding. He knows that it's hard to understand. He knows. He's patient with us. He, he gives us the grace that we need while we're trying to understand what his word is. And to get in situations sometimes where it just does not make sense. He says, no, we got to get some understanding. we got to get some understanding. In Proverbs 2.11, it says this. Discretion will protect you in a conversation when you're thinking, I'm going, I'm going there and I'm getting this understanding. When you're in that conversation, you have to hear these words from Proverbs 2.11. Discretion will protect me. Understanding will guard me. Understanding guards us? Interesting. Very, very good. The third attribute is, like I said, probably one of my favorites. It's strength of self-control. I mean, this is where it all begins. We, we are human walking this out. And, and God knows that. I mean, I love miracles, and I love the power of God that empowers me to do the things I need to do. But he doesn't discredit us. He says, we're going to, you need some strength. Peter says, you need some strength. I'm like, that means muscular. Now you're just going off the deep end, Peter. Like, you want, really expect me to work this muscle of self-control? So let me paint the picture for you how I see this. In Galatians, there's, the Bible talks about, it's in Galatians 5, 22, 23. It says this, okay. There's lists of, there's like nine other virtues that are really visible when you start to grow in the things of God. They're visible. I'm not judging. I'm just saying the word of God here. That they actually become visible when you start to have growth in a connection with God. And he lists them all off. He says, you're going to have joy. You're going to have patience. You're going to have all these wonderful things. But the most important one there, I think, is self-control. So then we flip back over and Peter's like, yeah, you need to practice that. You need to have that muscle strengthened. So I imagine self-control as two bookends that are, t- that are tailored and right on the sides of all the living that we do in the middle. And so without that self-control, 
things just, without the bookend of that self-control, there's nothing keeping anything in. You following me? So Peter says, you're going to strengthen that, okay? So today, I, I, I'm super excited about this because I need this probably. When I, when I go through these virtues in my head, I skim over the top and take the top three because I can't handle all seven. I'm like, e easy, I'll, I'll, I'll get to them. But my top three, strength of self-control is right up there. Um, and... I think it's the most practical because we're put into a lot of situations that maybe don't require the throne room of heaven to strike us with lightning. It requires us to maybe keep our mouths shut. <laughs> we need some help saying and responding. I, it surprises me, my first response to things sometimes. Is there an ouch in here? Like... We built our house 12 years ago. It was a brand new house. And the way that it's situated on the lot, it has a big gust of wind that comes up the backside and rips shingles off every time. Every single time we get a wind and a rainstorm, those shingles, those suckers, I wake up in the morning, I pull the curtain open, and they're all over the lawn. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Right? Am I not telling the truth? You want to talk about some self-control? To say, that's so wonderful. We're going to pay another $350 to have Keith come out, get back up on the roof, taper down everything that needs to be tapered, and drill it down so it doesn't blow off. And I mean, that's a comical kind of way that we have to practice that muscle of self-control. But I'll tell you, it's a lot harder when a health report comes in. Or maybe there's an issue with your children and you were just thinking, I got all kinds of panic in here. I can't bookend this with self-control. I can't. I, 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 I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to unleash all my feelings and be flung everywhere. I cannot use that muscle to keep myself together right now. But Peter says we can. But I'll tell you one thing. It's not as quick as an app on our phone like on Amazon where we just hit that it's some work, it's some fitness, it's some exercising, it's some work to strengthen that self-control. As a little girl, oh my goodness, you want to talk, I was a little bit of a bully. And I know bully has gotten used in, in some severe terms, but I'll tell you, I was super aggressive. Um, I didn't prey on people, but I didn't put up with anything either. So when I was a little girl, I, I, my parents didn't have the truth of the gospel. They did their absolute best. But no one ever said to me, let's work on that self-control, little girl. I had some really good teachers who spoke life into me, thank God. But for my own little self, it took a long time because I got married with that muscle being really weak of that self-control. And so that's something that we want to be um, really mindful of because it will show everybody your personal growth with Jesus. Much like those shingles all over the grass, you start losing that strength of self-control and you start, your shingles are everywhere and everyone's going to know it. Everyone's going to know it. So it's an amazing virtue for you to work on if you're like me.
And number four, patient endurance. Patient endurance. Endurance isn't just being able to make something or take the longevity and get through something that is hard. The patient endurance actually adds a little clincher on there, and it says, guess what? I know that it's hard, but we're going to turn it into good. What? That's really hard to do. That's not easy to take a circumstance or, or a situation that's happening and say, this is stinking tough, and then add the patience on there. And I love in Romans how it says this, Romans 15, 5, it says, may the God who gives endurance, wow, he, he gives it out, sign me up. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind. Wait, what? So you're telling me that there's, there's a situation, a very difficult one, and all of a sudden now you're saying that it's about my mind too? Oh, it's my attitude in the endurance. My attitude. I always tell the kids the ABCD rule. Your attitude affects your behavior. Your behavior affects your character. Your character affects your destiny. We sort a lot of things out after our attitudes are lined up. You'll be able to run a little when you shake off that attitude or when you get it lined up. That change of mind, but you're not in it by yourself. God gives you that power and that strength. He says, I'm going to, I'll give it to you. I'll give you the endurance and the encouragement. So he cheers you on in the meantime. That's a good deal. The trial might be tricky, but the mind is where the fight is. And that's why the Bible is so clear to say the renewing of our mind, we need that daily because I'm all too quick in my own self to sort out things and fall short. But I need to be reminded of my spiritual side and the Bible that says, no, no, here's the truth when you feel like this. Here's the truth alongside what you feel. And point number five, godliness. This is probably my top two. Mm. No, first. I'm bumping out strength of self-control, and I'm putting in this one. Godliness is not the white robe and the rays of light and the ah. That's not godliness. Actually, I'd probably say that's kind of fake. Um, if we're honest with ourselves and we want true, authentic, genuine change um, alongside of a really good God, Godliness is simply this. It's having a moral warehouse, like in your mind, this moral warehouse, where God's guidance is stored. Okay? So that guidance is stored in there, but it's accessed through our decisions and our convictions. So that godly guidance, when we read his word and we put it in, we can go there and make our decisions. Proverbs says that there is moral benefits to your godly convictions. What? Yeah. There's moral benefit. Proverbs 2.8, it says, God guards the course of, of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. 
So let me just tell you how this one is a really big one for me as well. Um, I think much like all of you wonderful, lovely, amazing people, we have convictions of things that maybe are not, that are helpful, that are not a big deal, not right or wrong, but we have convictions that we feel are helpful. So in the Miller home, we have Miller convictions that I believe that my children need because God gifted me to them. So I think they need to take the convictions that I have into their wonderful lives, right? That's our job. We're the parents. Um, but what's really cool is that changes at, their age, at the ages and the seasons that they're in right now. So their moral warehouse has been formed and fashioned, and we put biblical regard in there, but we also put a side order in Miller. Like, you know, Miller's, for an example, you, you, you're always kind. Um, I was, I don't think that I'm harsh, but I just, my children will, for the most part, look in your eyes because you're a human being and not on their phone because that's a computer. But um, we, and is that life or death? No, but that's just a Miller conviction. But what has happened in our lives in the change of season and the older that they get I'm now seeing the godly convictions in their decisions. I see those godly decisions. And I love that because when they walk out that door, I go right back to Proverbs and say, God, you guide their course today. And in the decision-making, no one's going to be perfect. We learn from our mistakes. That's, that's not what it is. But I love that Peter... like. I love this as a parent. I love what Peter says. It's like you're going to, you, you need the attribute of godliness. You need the moral warehouse of the godly guidance. Because guess what? When you're in school and there's bigger issues that we need to handle, you need God's way, not my way. You need to hear the voice of God for yourself because he'll speak to you and direct you. And then I have the confidence as a mom to know that they are guarded and protected. And then we have mercy. Oh, my gosh. Doesn't mercy matter? If you want to have a takeaway at all today, if you're like me and you're thinking there's too many, I just need to pick something. Or maybe you got a top three. Mercy matters today. Mercy matters. Our God, the Bible tells us, is rich in this mercy. He's rich in it. It's abundant. It doesn't run out. It's a lavish supply. It is rich and amazing. There is not one single thing you can do to change his mind about his mercy. And the mercy, this is what it is. It's compassion and forgiveness when you deserve maybe punishment. If God actually is that way with us, and we're supposed to be that way with others. Because P- Peter told us in here, you've got to give mercy to your brothers and sisters. You've got to give it. You've got to give that compassion. You've got to give that forgiveness. You have to show mercy. I'm, I'm going to brag on my sister-in-law. I don't think I've ever seen someone so merciful in all my life. With no strings attached. I'll make you a meal. I, I will support you. What else can I do? What else do you need? 
And um, she has an amazing job where she's the front line for daycare and sees a lot of moms in a lot of situations that constantly over and over, I hear her story of how she extends mercy to them when you bet you want to do some judging. And I think it's like a lot of us in our workplaces and in our communities and in our homes, you are given that opportunity to, that opportunity to extend that mercy all the time, all the time. And let's be like our God. Let's just not do it. Let's be that. Let's be merciful to people and extend that because that's going to shine bright to people. And this is our last one. And I'm on time. Well, no, maybe. Okay, so number seven is unending love. Unending love. I... I think that on this one, in this virtue, I imagined it putting shoes on and clothes and going. I pictured unending love actually like a person. And I know that Jesus has that unending love for us. But I thought, Lord, what does that look like for me today to put it on and walk it out? That unending love for people. Unending, never ending. Like you can't cut the circle. Like it is going to go around and around and not stop for you. I mean, that's how good our God is. How would we walk that out? Here's what it says in Romans 8, 38 to 39, and I'm going back to the Passion Translation. So now I live with the confidence that there is Nothing. Nothing. In the universe, with the power to separate us from God's love. I know I talked a lot about takeaways, but take that one today. Take that one today. Put your feet in those shoes. Put on that, that coat. I'm putting my mask on. <laughs> I'm all done getting the work done. I'm all done. No, I'm not. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death life's troubles fallen angels or dark rulers in the heavens there is nothing there it is again nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love can't even weaken it doesn't even do a thing. Can't water it down. Can't change it. In verse 39, there is no power above us or beneath us. No power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love. 
don't leave me hanging today. <laughs> Would you, just for a minute, take the mask off? And I don't think God cares if you pick one thing or all seven. But just have a minute today. Pull down that mask. Let God do some work. So we can go away changed today. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing. We're going to sing a couple more songs and we're going to try to be on time. So maybe we only need one song. Who knows? But I know in all my heart that that's so true about God's love. And as much as I started with what Peter said at first about the grace and the peace, I know this to be true, that if anything you hear today, know that it is out of love that God gives. It is out of love that He cares and that He listens and that He's ready to move in and touch your heart today. Let's sing.